Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the I See Old People podcast. The I See Old People podcast is an ongoing discussion of aging. I am your host, Dr. Bruce. I have 35 years of, of experience in healthcare. I am a father, a grandfather. I've had some ups, I've had some downs, I've had some problems in my life, I've had some great successes in my life. So it's just about me, it's nothing too extreme that you're going to hear here. We definitely are not going to be talking too much about uh, what's on the news 24 hours a day, every day right now. Today is Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020, and the world is of course in chaos right now. I want to continue my role as a podcaster. I want to be a thoughtful and concerned contemporary witness to the events of the day. And I will continue continue to be a witness to the events of the day, but I will not interpret those events for you. I am not uh, authorized to do that. I do not feel the confidence to do that. I'm having enough trouble trying to figure it out myself. So I'm going to try to stay as firmly as I can within the framework of this original idea for this podcast, and that's about the interesting things about aging, the things you learn as you go along. So here's one of the things that uh, was pretty interesting. I didn't realize that I had so many local um, listeners to my podcast, but I guess Snakegate was a bit of a, uh, a local phenomena as... Uh, my wife did not seem to mind at all that I had put some pictures and I had created the snake gate um, tag on on um, Twitter. She seemed quite amused by that when I showed her the pictures, but she was not as amused at all when one of her girlfriends co- called her and said she had just listened to the podcast and how in the hell are you uh, even still speaking with me was basically the uh, framework that 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 that's that was set up in so uh she was a little angry about that and uh, i guess the fact that i was kind of doing reconnaissance before in every room we quietly were checking the rooms and ruffling the pillows and making sure the snake wasn't in the bed or anywhere that she was that it was kind of a a uh, cons- uh, consorted kind of, um, it was a bit of a conspiracy, the three of us working together to hide that from her. Uh, I'm just glad that we found the snake, a uh, four and a half foot bull snake. You don't want it running around your house for too, too long. So, you know, the snake was found. Uh, everything was safe. Uh, the terror in the night never happened. I even had a dream that that snake uh, killed my dog, Bella. And I, I just love my dog, Bella. It had come up out of the couch and it had circled around Bella's neck and it had killed Bella. So I had an awful dream. So it was a, it was not a fun time and I want to make sure that I'm not making snake gate sound like it was some kind of fun time. There was a lot of tension. We were really worried. I didn't, you know, we're both old. Like, I mean, we didn't, I, I don't need a heart attack. I don't need a shock. I don't need someone fainting and falling and bumping their head. So, uh, or just running from the house screaming and never coming back, you know. So those things were all very much in play. And I'm extremely, extremely happy that it all turned out okay. But I want to make sure that, believe me, I, I don't think it was a joke. I never, ever, ever thought Snakegate was a, was a joke. It was a very, very serious. And the way it ended was uh, was significant. It ended well for everybody involved. Okay, 
Now, because I've been married for 35 years, I mean, my wife is bound to come up every now and again. My wife's name is Sue. I sometimes will call her my wife. I don't usually use other terms for her, like dear or, or mom. Sometimes, uh, I mean, I might call her my sweet baboo or something like that, but that's about it. So anyway, so that's my Susan, 35 years. So I, I think I've told, told you a few times on this podcast that I have a real bum shoulder. Like my shoulder just can't take much of anything. I've been trying to golf just nine holes. I talked about that a bit last week, and uh, it was sore afterwards, but I I could manage. But one of the things that I cannot do uh, is I cannot clean my pool. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate that I I own an in-ground pool at my home, a nice one, uh, you know, 20 by 40. It's a nice swimming pool. We do laps in it, do lengths in it, and uh, it's a diving pool. It's It's a nice, big, deep pool, beautiful pool. Anyway, the point being that I I hired a service last year to come and clean the pool because my shoulder just could not take it. But that service was extremely incredible. I mean, I I am very privileged to have a pool, but I'm not a wealthy man either. And that that service to have him come every week to clean it was just too much. So we decided, my wife and I, that if we're going to have a pool, then we are going to have to share the duties of cleaning it. And in fact, not only share them, I was going to hand over those duties to Susan as I uh, do not want to irritate my shoulder again and I want to see if I can golf this season. And if I can golf once a week or once every two weeks, that'll that'll be good. But there's no way I'm going to be able to do that if I have to clean the pool every week. So, guess what showed up at our house a week after our discussion about Susan taking over the cleaning of the pool? You know... You can guess. We are the proud owners of a pool cleaning robot. Our first one. Uh, so it's a pretty neat it's a pretty neat toy. It costs a fair amount of money. She invested a lot of her own money in this product. And uh, it, here we have it now and we've used it a couple times and it is very, very cool. It cleans the bottom of the pool, cleans the walls of the pool. Uh, you can set it so that it will just clean the bottom or, uh, or you can set it so it will clean the bottom and the walls. Uh, it takes about two hours to clean the pool. It's electric. It's like a Roomba. It's like a big, big Roomba. And it just collects all the slime and dirt and hair and junk and all of that stuff that ends up in pools. And it just sucks it into this um, HEPA filtered container that's inside the robot. It actually comes up the side of the wall when it's finished and it waits there for you to pull it out of the water. So that's pretty cool. And then you just kind of roll it back and forth as you're lifting so all the water comes out of it and so that you can lift it easily. It has its own caddy that it sits on. It has a long electrical cord. It is, it, it's electric and it works fantastic. So probably should have bought one years ago. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes. It's the innovation. It's the innovation from my wife, Susan, thinking that she was going to have to spend every week cleaning that pool the way I have for the last 15 years. And uh, she said, no way, I'm going to have none of this. And now we have a robot. So it's our first robot. We don't have a Roomba and uh, we don't have a smart house. Uh, We don't have a smart anything as far as that. I won't have Google 
Home and Google Nest and all of those in my home. Um, so this is our first robot that's working for us. So I'm very glad that uh, Susan has bought it. It was funny the way it showed up at our house, but but there it is. All right. So I get to talk about a topic that is uh, illegal in the United States and legal in Canada. And one of the things that's legal in Canada is uh, you are able to purchase uh, cannabis at, at retail outlets. And uh, you as well are able to grow. You, you're able to grow four plants legally, everyone in your family. So uh, if you have four people in your household, you could actually grow 16 plants legally. Why you would ever need 16 plants is beyond me. But it uh, is one of those things that you could do, and I'm sure people will do it. Anyway, what I did was I went out to see, I, t I did an episode on cannabis quite a while back, and I said I was going to go and get a clone when the days were 12 hours long. We were gonna, I was going to get a clone, and that's what I did. So I went out to uh, see my friend a couple counties away, and he gave me two clones. One is called Ice, and one is called oh my cheese one is called ice and one is called cheese so those are the two varieties uh, they were in uh, red solo cups when he when he sold them to me and uh, it was just a very minimal cost for them like 10 bucks each so it's not the best uh, business model when you think about it that you give away the the, the uh, clone of the plant that the person can grow it themselves. But I've never grown uh, cannabis ever. Well, of course, it was illegal, uh, and I would never do something like that that was illegal. So I'm going to try it this year. So I've got them planted in the ground now. They seem to have caught pretty well. I've never grown cannabis before, so it'll be interesting. I hear one of the biggest dangers of cannabis is that just before it's ripe, that's when you're going to get ripped off. Like people will kind of be spotting you, looking at it, waiting, because they get quite large. So um, I've got one that will be fairly hidden from street view, but then I have one that my neighbor's probably going to be able to see fairly easily. So that, that could be the weak link there. But my backyard is filled with this pool. I don't have a lot of other space to, uh, to plant them. And I, I don't even know if we'll get it to to the point where we can harvest it or anything. It's just an experiment, $10 experiment each, so $20. Uh, apparently, they don't take much to uh, grow. Uh, they're like a weed. You don't even have to fertilize them. You just uh, make sure they've got water. And then I was told as well that when they get big enough, they'll just tap into the water supply below them. And uh, you know, after that, you don't even have to water them. So I'm, I'm just interested in the whole process and see how it works. Other than that, my backyard has been my sanctuary during this time. Uh, I've got some beautiful cardinals, uh, got a little chipmunk, lots of squirrels, and uh, a couple blue jays come around every now and then. Uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to sit back there. Last night was such a beautiful evening. I sat out in the backyard. Oh, my God, I, the sun didn't even go down until 9.30, quarter to 10, and I probably sat out there till 10.30. And I, when I went in, I still had not had a chill at all. I was in shorts, flip-flops, uh, a T-shirt on, and just enjoying an absolute beautiful evening. I, I made an estimation in my mind that uh, probably 10%, probably 10% of, of, of the days in the year are like it was last night the evenings are like it was last night so you know you you only get like 36 of those all year 
So I sat out there as long as I could, and I really enjoyed it. And I completely made up those statistics, just the same way they made up the imperial model. They just made up all the numbers, and, and that's what I came up with. There's 36 good evenings every year that you should enjoy. So when you are out there and you're, enjoy, and you're having a, a wonderful time on a beautiful evening, be grateful because they aren't, all, they aren't around all the time. Yeah, so the clone. It's just not a good business model in my mind, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with it. So I'll tell you all about it, and uh, and we'll go from there. So I, uh, I'm i also taking a little, a little break from my health practice. I'm going to take a sabbatical. As you know, I, uh, I work in and I am an advocate for the home, for home care. I work in home care. I am an advocate for home care. I'm an advocate for the aged. And right now, working in my health center and then working in my elder care business, I'm finding it's just too much for, the, for them both. So I'm taking a sabbatical from my health care practice. And uh, next week, actually, I want to spend some time talking about what it is I did for the last 35 years, how I did it. And, uh, but I want it to be kind of off work for, for a bit before. This is today is the first Wednesday. I know I usually record my podcasts on Tuesdays. But, you know, yesterday it was so beautiful out. And I hadn't really done anything all day. It was one of those lazy days. And then it was just so gorgeous. I said, I've got to go for a bike ride. And I ended up going for a bike ride to the neighboring town of Port Dover. So I'm in Simcoe, uh, we're the two biggest uh, communities within Norfolk County. Uh, it's about a 10 kilometer ride along the rail trail and then 10 kilometers back, of course. So I was uh, did a 20, 20K ride last night and then by the time I got home, my wife had had this supper kind of all ready because she goes to work at 7.30 and I was just kind of stuck there and I just now, I thought, no, I'll come tomorrow. And you know why I could do it? Because I didn't go into my healthcare practice today. And that's the first time in 35 years. And I'm sure I was, I, I'm sure I'd be missed there. But this is really important for me. And it's important for me to focus 100% on home care right now. Uh, home care is changing tremendously. Uh, can you imagine after this? Why, why would anyone in their right mind want to put themselves or their loved ones into a long-term care facility? Uh, the people who went into those long-term care facilities, I feel so sorry for them. Say if they went in there in January. Oh, oh what, what hell they're living through right now. So that's where we're at right now, and that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to concentrate a lot more on, uh, on elder care, home care, keeping people safe in their homes, keeping people out of long-term care facilities as long as they possibly can. There is a time when you have to go into a long-term care facility, you know, you can't manage yourself anymore. You have too many deficits. They can't be handled at home anymore. It happens. But delay it as long as you possibly can. And that's what we do. That's what, we're, that's what our company does. We help you to stay at home healthy, healthy, safe. Okay, I'm gonna, I've, I've started a new segment here with the podcast. It's called The Mistake of the Week. Uh, last week, The Mistake of the Week went to the Ontario government. Uh, the Minister of Education and the Premier of Ontario both deciding that school would not start on, Janu on June 1st and there would not be one last month of school. Midweek of that week, we were still under the impression school would be going back. I believe that was the mistake of the week last week. This week, the mistake of the week is they are still standing firm and not allowing to have essential 
caregivers be allowed to come back into long-term care homes. Essential caregivers are daughters, sons. They are the people who have been taking care of their parent in that long-term care home every day. And now it has been months since they have been allowed to be in those homes. I have a client right now who is 101 years old. She has been trapped in her room, in her long-term care home since this began. Her son is going to go to the window. They are having a window meeting at the long-term care home this afternoon. She has not seen her son in two months. I don't know how this will affect her emotionally, but I can tell you right now it's cruel. It's absolutely cruel. Everybody who is in a long-term care home should be allowed to designate one essential caregiver, whether it is a daughter or a son or a granddaughter or a grandson, one essential caregiver that can come in and take care of the needs of that person. The, the people who work in the long-term care home, the PSWs, the AIDS, they are overwhelmed. They cannot. It, it has been a standard agreement in Ontario long-term care homes that the essential caregivers, the family, are part of the team. And now they've just been shut out and they're behind windows. I feel so bad for Evelyn today. And I feel so bad for every senior who has been trapped in their rooms as if they are in jail instead of in a place that they were at one time would have considered their home and their safety at home. They would have thought of those rooms as their homes and they've become their jails. So Ontario, I hate to be picking on you, Ontario, but it's your jurisdictions that affect me the most, that affect my clients the most, that affect the people I love the most. Ontario, that was the mistake of the week. Let's not do it again next week. Let's open up the long-term care homes to essential caregivers. That means family members or friends, the ones that have always taken care of them before this happened. Let them back in. Let them continue to play cards. Let them continue to help them feed. Let them continue to read them books. Let them continue to hold their hands. Ontario, two mistakes of the week in a row. Come on, let's get it together. The people need you. We need your leadership. We need guidance. Okay, that's it. That's my little rant on the mistake of the week. Other than that, you know, my book is open. I am going to try to see the joy in the world. I am going to try to live in a positive way. I am going to try to give my love graciously and freely to everyone I can and then that somehow by doing that next week is going to be a little bit better world than it is this week that's going to be my part if you've listened to the end I love you thank you I'll be back next week I'm also working on that uh, intro and outro so uh I just didn't feel right when I heard the first uh, version of it. I felt it needed more cowbell. Anyway, that's my joke for the day. I love you guys. We'll see you in tea.